Side left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out at T-Mobile Arena. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the Woo! Here we are back to work uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Five days between games, so we've all been able to digest the result in Los Angeles, the injuries in L.A., and the now healthier Vegas Golden Knights as a whole. Lost their two big wingers, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, who will miss the same regular season game for the first time since uh, Mark Stone was acquired. Think about that. They'll, mm-hmm. They won't have either one of them in the lineup for the first time. Uh, but they will have uh, several players that uh, we have not witnessed uh, so far in Nick Waugh, in Will Carrier, in Brett Howden uh, on the ice. And they have that full complement of forwards. We don't have any uh, people making their National Hockey League debut mm-hmm. and VGK debut. We we do have one guy that's on the ice wearing a VGK sweater for the first time. That's uh, Brett Howden. But everybody else has kind of been through this before. So it's time to get down to business against the St. Louis Blues and the start of this three-game homestand for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's an opportunity for a lot of players to get back into the lineup. You mentioned Waugh. You mentioned Carrier. You mentioned Howden. Howden making his Golden Knights debut in the regular season. And, you know, for those three players, they 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 are known for their ability to work. It's work rate. It's getting pucks in. And it's, it's really playing the game the right way. And for the Golden Knights, that's what they're going to have to do over this stretch without Max Pacioretty, without Mark Stone. You're going to have to outwork teams and it's it's not the worst thing in the world that the golden knights get three guys that work incredibly hard uh, there was some uh, consternation around city national arena this morning when robin leonard was not out on the ice it was the yeah. emergency backup goaltender that uh, appeared on the ice and mm-hmm. it's actually his birthday as well uh today that emergency backup awesome. goaltender and he was a little winded after. I wasn't sure how that was going to affect uh, that appearance today with the National Hockey League team, how it was going to uh, curtail the activities in Las Vegas uh, on his birthday. But uh, we wish him the uh, the happiest uh, of days as he takes another tour around the sun. But there was, uh, there was a bit of concern, uh, most notably from our own Chris Chapman, who was tweeting up a storm at practice. No, Robin Leonard, no, Robin. <laughs> just, just so everybody <laughs> knows and everybody is aware, Robin Leonard does not like taking the option on a morning skate. Mm -hmm. And unless there's something significant to work on or it's not an option, you will not see Robin Leonard if he's playing that night Mm -hmm. at the morning skate. So Chapman. I wouldn't say tweeted up a storm. It was one tweet. Let me just uh, say to Chapman and everybody else, if the Vegas Golden Knights play, and Robin Leonard is not on the ice for the morning skate. Two things. Do not get out of hand with your emotions, i.e. tweet up a storm, 
And number two, just take from that that nobody has to ask Pete DeBoer who the starting goaltender is because it will be Robin Leonard. Now, if Robin Leonard is at the morning skate, then you ask Pete DeBoer, was it an optional? If he says uh, yes, well, that means the other guy's starting. Mm. So we've actually devised a little system here in who the starting goaltender is uh, without the need to tweet up a storm. One tweet. And then you follow it up with? Nothing. He, he's playing. No big deal. But you followed it up with another tweet. So that's two tweets. Well, no. it's a One is a retweet or a quote tweet. <laughs> well, it's still two separate tweets, right? No, it's a quote tweet. It's, 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 <laughs> well, right. it's totally but, different. But the act of quote <laughs> tweeting the original tweet still uh, is two tweets, right? Like it, it appears as two tweets on your timeline, yes? I don't know. Does it? I, I, yes, I have no idea yes. what shows yeah, up. Let, let me just answer the question. Uh, I, yes. I felt that because I tweeted the original that I had an obligation to tweet out the did you think there was a scoop? No, no, of course did you not. Think he, did you think you were breaking news? No, I would, I'm the last guy who breaks news. Nobody tells me anything. Did Are you, you surprised? I, listen, I, I, I have a few sources, but generally I, I don't share what I'm told. So, Were you trying to figure out who the person was in net? Like maybe they called somebody up? You know what? I saw his name, and I saw him him tweet something out. No, no, no. This but, is at practice. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. Yeah, so you thought you had something going No, on. of course not. Uh, so there we are. Robin Leonard is going to play goal. Your number one net miner will be in net tonight against the St. Louis Blues. Your top six defenseman will be in action tonight against the St. Louis Blues. And up front, you've got a mix-and-match set. Uh, against the St. Louis Blues without Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. But for the head coach, Pete DeBoer, he says, despite the injuries and the roster fluidity, they're ready to go. Yeah, ready. I think the players are ready. I think uh, practice time was good. I think the time off from an injury perspective was good, but they want to play games and we want to get going here and... uh, like I said, I think uh, the games are going to come fast and furious here over the next couple months. I don't think we could be any rustier than we were in L.A. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, would, I would hope we're less rusty than that. Pete DeBoer at today's media availability discussing uh, the break that they're coming off of. And he probably didn't get as much work done overall because there's so many moving parts with players in and out of the lineup. Uh, and this was a really significant stretch uh, for practice time. Uh, they, they practiced uh, three of the five days and, uh, and did a bunch of video work. But still, uh, being able to go through and, uh, and institute uh, the building blocks that they want to do uh, was significant. Uh, he, he said again today, and I'll go back a year when we started this, uh, this process of the 56-game schedule and how the process was more important than the results. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reiterated that today, that there's a process to this. Now, sometimes the results come sooner. Sometimes it takes a while for the results to click in. But when you go back to last week and the win against Seattle and then the loss against the Los Angeles Kings, uh, there might be a, a bit more of a uh, having to be patient with this team uh, through this process. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I he, 
this is uncharted territory for the Golden Knights, right? Like, I think we all can understand that. This has been a team that, though they've dealt with injuries in the past, you've, you've never had a stretch where you're going to be without you know, arguably your two most impressive and, and best goal scorers, best producers in, in terms of points. So um, there's going to be a process to how the Golden Knights put together this lineup. There's going to be a process to certain guys learning and growing together as line mates. Uh, you look at Nick Waugh and Yevgeny Dodanov and, and Chandler Stevenson and how that line's going to gel and, and what changes, if any, Pete DeBoer is going to make there. But it is going to be a process for the Golden Knights to play the way they need to play in order to win hockey games. And, and that's that's the fact of the matter. The lines tonight should be pretty much what we saw yesterday mm-hmm. uh, in, in going through. Uh, the drills and and yesterday's lengthy practice for a National Hockey League team it was it was over an hour and that's that's very rare uh, for an NHL team but uh, yesterday you had the misfits together mm-hmm. uh, nothing changing there uh, the second line you would probably table it now although I think there's kind of three thirds uh, but the second line would be Chandler Stevenson with Dadanov and Nick Waugh. Uh, we also have Brett Howden with Jake Lesition and Will Carrier and Nolan Patrick between Peyton Krebs and Keegan Colasar. So consistency from what we saw yesterday is what we expect tonight. And Pete DeBoer said everybody that skated yesterday is available for this game tonight. No Pacioretty, no Stone. But the defense and the goaltender are there. The goaltending is solid and gives you a chance to win every night. If you look at a 10-game stretch, and I, I bounced this off a few people today mm-hmm. at work, mm-hmm. and I was kind of surprised at some of the answers, but I want your opinion, and I'm not going to tell you where the surprise came from. If the Golden Knights win 7 out of 10 with Stone and Pacioretty, now that's that's at the high end. Mm-hmm. 700 winning percentage is elite, elite, elite. But if 700 is the mark, with this team, with Pacioretty and Stone, when they're healthy. What's the winning percentage over the next 10 games if you don't have Stone and Pacioretty? What's, you, have to, you have to change your sights a little bit. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that you're missing, arguably, your two best forwards mm-hmm. and uh, arguably two of your best players. Sure. Where's your number? I look at the Golden Knights. If without Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone in the lineup, I think you're you're hoping to be a 500 team. Like that's where I think the Golden Knights have to be over a 10 game stretch. That means you've got to win five of 10, or you've got to amass at at least a point a game. Right, mm-hmm. 10 points over those 10 games. That's ideally where I think the Golden Knights can be, and still be able to to make up ground when you get. Pacioretty and Stone back like staying afloat being where you need to be puts me at a 500 pace if if the Golden Knights are there maybe a little bit over maybe even a little bit under you can still recover but that's essentially where they need to be for me that's where I was Mm -hmm. now would it surprise you in my unofficial poll of VGK broadcasters I'm not going to mention names okay and this was very unofficial as we're standing around watching the morning skate yeah one broadcaster had at 600 winning percentage. Another broadcaster had at uh, just over 500. So 5, 4, and 1. 
which was very detailed. I, I, I give that broadcaster huh. extra bonus points for I, being detailed. I, I'm not going to say a name, but I feel like I have an idea of who that might it, be. It, no, no, I don't think you'll, you'd get it. Oh, really? Okay, guess. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Come on, guess. I was going to go Duva. Come I know. I, that's where I, I figured you would. Because like, I would in hearing that, I would have gone the same way. That's yeah. I've, where, because I felt comfortable I, yeah. with going the same way that, that I, I was confident that we wouldn't be uh, uh, rolling over on this person. But it wasn't Duva. He, would, he, he wasn't part of the uh, – Duva was not part of this discussion. Okay, that's fine. But 5-4-1 with, like, you know, a couple of game winners tacked on at the end, that, that just screamed Dan to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Five, four, and one. I could take. I was. I'm. If you're seven hundred with Pacioretty and Stone, then there's got to be some kind of mm-hmm. legitimate, significant change without them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more than one game. I think if 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 you win seven out of ten with those two, are you just one win less without them? I think it's it's more than that, and I'm going five. I'll take the five, four, and one. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a pretty good answer, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I, accepting of where those two players are and how much they're relied upon on this team, five hundred for the next ten games. If they're without those two players for the next ten games or or more, that's that's what we're striving for, and that's the reality, I think, of the situation. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, in, you know, again, you not all 10 games are created equally either, right? Like no. the opposition has to factor into this. And well, these I, next I, three. And, I, and I, I'm going there with, with that information. Like when you, when you look at St. Louis, when you look at Edmonton, when you look at the Islanders, and then right after that it's a back-to-back Colorado and Dallas. Like those are tough games. For any team, that those are tough games for the Golden Knights with Stone and Pacioretty. Mm-hmm. So, you look at an ideal scenario here over the course of those ten games. Five hundred is is a win for the Golden Knights in my book. Yeah, you come out of the next five mm-hmm. with ten points. Run to the bank, cash it in. Uh, don't be carrying those chips around in your pocket, okay? <laughs> because you're going to lose them, and you're not going to have any record. That stretch in itself mm-hmm. is tough. With Pacioretty and Stone, given what we saw mm-hmm. uh, a, a week ago, three and two would be good. Would be at the at the low end. You you have to be three and two. Sure. Without them, ten points. If you can saw it off, that's that's really uh, acceptable. And the Golden Knights, this the difference, are not in the business of being acceptable. <laughs> They are uh, very elite, and they have incredible expectations. So I don't know whether Pete DeBoer adjusts his sights or whether Kelly McCrimmon adjusts his expectations, but I am because those two players mean that much. So 11 points uh, out of 20, Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, again, I and and I, I think it's it's really important we stress this. There there has to be for you and for me and, and I think for people covering this team outside of us and fans coming to the games. Like the expectation for this team 
I don't feel like it changes much. You expect this team to make the playoffs. You expect them to go on a run. Just because they're dealing with adversity doesn't mean that that changes. But this this stretch of the season, without these two players, the 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 shift has to go from being elite, elite, 700 winning percentage to you do what you need to do to stay in and around everything that's going on with the playoffs, and then once you get your players back, then you dial it up, then you make your move. That's how I'm choosing to look at the Golden Knights over the next 10 to 14 games, depending on how long, again, Mark Stone will be out. And I, I don't care if they're missing Pacioretty, Stone, Marcheseau, Carlson, Smith, Petrangelo, and Martinez. Wow. If, if they're all out, we better see a better performance than Pete DeBoer witnessed last Thursday. And that I can almost guarantee you that the work, uh, the execution, the attention to detail mm-hmm. will be significantly better tonight on Friday against the Edmonton Oilers. We have tickets to that game okay. uh, to give away uh, later on in the VGK Insider Show. And Sunday against the New York Islanders, the, the performance by this team will be better. And that is a totally separate situation from the injuries. You're 100% accurate on that. For the Golden Knights right now, it's all about putting together a 60-minute effort and working incredibly hard. It's all about the details. It's all about being a pain in the butt to play against. Because for a team that is as talented as the Golden Knights are, for a team that has two absolutely elite wingers and one of the best lines in hockey when they're all healthy, now that that's taken away, your identity has to be that of a team that needs to outwork their opponent. And for me, having the game against L.A. be what it was, not being able to jump right back into it and get that out of the way, get that, that taste out of your mouth, I'm expecting the effort tonight for the Golden Knights to be through the roof. I'm expecting this team to come out and throw everything that they have at the St. Louis Blues. Uh, defensively, they're great. Not, nothing changes on that you still got Petrangelo, you've got Shea Theodore, you've got Alec Martinez and Braden McNabb and uh, Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud. There's there's no reason why you can't compete defensively. Mm-hmm. You've got your number one goaltender going, who's had a few days to even, he's got the the best stretch of non-game action uh, with, with practice time that you're going to get during the entire season to work with Mike Rosati and fine-tune his game. Should be just uh, absolutely fine. And, and up front, you get some veterans back to complement uh, what is a, a lineup that's in flux. So Will Carrier, you know what you're going to get with Will Carrier. Nick Waugh, you uh, know what you are going to get at the base level, and you hope you can receive a little bit more offensively. Uh, Brett Howden might be the only like mystery about mm. where he's going to slot in with his team and playing his first game with the Vegas Golden Knights, but the uh, the kids and uh, Lasician and Krebs, they got they got it underneath their belt the other day. And Krebs, I mean, he's playing 165 games this year, so uh, <laughs> there's no there's no issues on that front. Uh, I, I think they're in a pretty good spot because of who they're putting in uh, to this game, and with uh, with the St. Louis Blues, a team that Vegas dominated last year head to head. It's also a, a nice situation. Now, I don't think that that guarantees a win because you're, you're playing with 
lack of a better term, one arm behind your back tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a, that's a challenge. But I will be shocked if it's not a competitive game. I think the compete's going to be there, mm-hmm. 100%. Now, the the way I'm choosing to look at the lineup tonight for the Golden Knights, it's an opportunity for Nick Waugh, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity for Nick Waugh to get more minutes, to be relied upon in more situations. And, again, I'm all about you give a young player an opportunity, especially one you believe in, especially one that you think has a little bit more to his game than what he's been able to do on the third or fourth line. And if you can hone in on that and you can get something and it's consistent, then that only makes you better in the long run. So I'm looking for Nick Waugh to really, really take advantage of this opportunity because he's had a couple of looks up the lineup for the Golden Knights, but not anything that I I feel like in the moment you knew was going to be prolonged. This might be a prolonged look for Nick Waugh. You get a little bit of confidence behind your game. Who knows what could happen? Skated with Chandler Stevenson and uh, Dodonov yesterday. I'm not going to go so far as to call it a career crossroad. Nick was a National Hockey League player. Sure. But in mentioning that he's had a couple of looks up the lineup in the last year and a half. Last year, he was cold for the front half of the season. Mm -hmm. And then found his stride and, and started producing. Does Nick Wass see himself as a top six guy in the National Hockey League? I'm thinking he does. Yeah. He aspires to be that. The skill set's there. But can he produce when he's in that spot, when it counts, mm-hmm. and night after night, which is what it's going to be, knowing that Mark Stone is between day-to-day and week-to-week, and Max Pacioretty's out with the fracture. So Nick Waugh, even though it's his first game of the season tonight, even though he's proven himself to be a National Hockey League player. This next stretch is important to him individually. Mm-hmm. The points is the t- for the team are vital too. But if Nick Wa- Nick Watt can change a lot of people's impressions about his skill set and his potential and his top end growth with a strong performance in the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, skating on a line with Chandler Stevenson and Dodonov, or at least staying with those with those two and not having somebody else come up and, and move things around. Now, he's, he's a natural centerman. Mm-hmm. He's going to play the wing uh, right now, and they may, they may have to adjust that and put him to center somewhere else if, if things aren't going well with Howden or uh, the Patrick line's not, not going right or uh, any other bumps and bruises. But, but this next stretch is going to be the longest run for Nick Waugh to get a look playing in a top six position with the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's incumbent on him now to take advantage of that. There's another player that's going to be playing with Nick Waugh that I think has a lot running here too, and that's Chandler Stevenson, right? Because for for all we talk, for how much praise we heap upon the Golden Knights' top line, there's always that, well, what about what about what if it looked right. different down the middle, right? Like, what if it wasn't Chandler Stevenson? What if it was X, Y, or Z? Acknowledging the fact that with Chandler Stevenson playing down the middle of Pacioretty and Stone, that's led to career years for both of those guys. This is an opportunity for Chandler Steven to, Stevenson to prove that 
it's not just the complement of the three players. It's not just because he's fast. He is creative, and he can be a top-level, top-line producing center. He can be a number one or number two center independent of Max Pacioretty. 100%. And, and that's what he has to prove right here. No. I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit that I don't think that there's a lot of pressure on Chandler Stevenson to do that um, individually. I think, I think personally he would love to do that, mm-hmm. to shut everybody up uh, on the outside noise. Because we, we talk, every, everybody we talk to outside of the Las Vegas Valley, and when we, when we have our discussions with uh, people in Toronto or Florida or different National Hockey League teams, they say, we love the Golden Knights, worry about not having a true number one center. Mm-hmm. No. I think Chandler Stevenson, with a strong performance over the same time period that we talk about with Nick Waugh, would love to just force those people to zip it and, and look at it and go, okay, he's done it. Maybe not over a, a complete season, but maybe we will at least put doubt into that phrase mm-hmm. and that question. Yeah. I, I, here's my little caveat, though. He goes back with Pacioretty and Stone regardless of, of how he plays because he makes them so much better. He, it just clicks. Sometimes it just clicks. Yeah. And that's what it does with Pacioretty and Stone. I, I think those two uh, are better with Chandler Stevenson than they are with any other centerman on this roster. Yeah, I, I, so don't... I think Stevenson stays, mm-hmm. but the potential to silence the outside noise and to himself, I mm-hmm. think, to, to feel great. Yeah. And I think it would be awesome for hockey operations and Kelly McCrimmon and Pete DeBoer uh, to, to be able to sit there and go, we, we told you. Yeah. We told you. But on the flip side, like Nick Waugh, if he doesn't excel, maybe they look at later in the season, something else happens. They give somebody else a shot up front. Yeah. I think Chandler Stevenson already has that spot and will go back to that spot. There's there's more riding on this stretch for Nick Waugh than yeah. there is for Chandler Stevenson, 100%. I, but I look at two players that in this, in this vein should be very, very highly motivated for different reasons. Nick Waugh, because he wants to prove he's a top six guy. Chandler Stevenson, to prove he's a top, top six center in this league independent of who his wingers are, he is a player that can drive offense. And if you get two guys playing at that level who have something to prove, that sounds like a Golden Knights line that can really do some damage. I'm going to call it the zip it factor. (laughs) The Chandler Stevenson zip it factor. There it is. But there's potential in two other spots up front. We'll talk about that as we continue. We are live from Tebow Arena in Section 104, getting set for the Vegas Golden Knights' return to action. 1-1 one one to start the season. They face the St. Louis Blues, who are scoring at will right now. Have a little trouble keeping the puck out of the net, but scoring at will, so it should be an exciting one uh, tonight for everybody listening on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We'll continue as we tee this one up and look uh, in and around the National Hockey League. Something happened last night. To compliment the thing that I witnessed the night before, it's two nights in a row where I've never seen that before, and I can challenge anybody listening right now that I watch more hockey than anybody, and I'm just blown away by the turn of events. We'll tell you that story as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. One-timers coming up in hour number two. News and notes and opinions from the National Hockey League. A couple of crazy things have occurred in the last two days. Stuff we've never witnessed before. We'll talk about that, plus uh, an update on Evander Kane. People talking about a potential buyout or termination of that contract. Uh, we have a story on that front and uh, a couple of other happenings with rosters uh, around the National Hockey League. It's been a fun start to the season. 6-5 games. We've got an 8-2 game in the books. Goals all over the place and it's showing no signs of slowing down which uh, the Golden Knights will attempt to do this evening against the St. Louis Blues here at T-Mobile Arena. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace in Section 104. Opportunity knocking for Nick Waugh. Mm -hmm. Real potential for Chandler Stevenson. But how about two others? And Peyton Krebs to be that guy, that rookie, and step on the gas and be the best rookie that the Golden Knights have ever had in year number five now. Mm -hmm. That's that's what's in front of him yeah. and the opportunity in front of him. And then the other part is Nolan Patrick being able to cement himself as a top offensive player, for, both for his own career, resurrection, and uh, to help out the Golden Knights in a situation where they desperately need some added offense uh, from a player who, can, who was drafted in that position to follow through on that opportunity. So there's two other players that I would throw in with incredible potential to change people's uh, opinions on the ceiling of them in this year. You're you're looking for guys to produce. And you, when you have Patrick, a, a number two overall pick, and, and you're, you're hoping that this change of scenery rekindles some of that offensive touch here at the NHL level, and then you put him with Peyton Krebs and I think that's the makeup of the line that I like the most Krebs Patrick Kolasar there's a lot of, of of really good work down low that can be done by that line but there's a lot of creativity there too and the confidence that Keegan Kolasar has been playing with so far early on in this season I like the makeup of that line and if that line can kind of click and build some chemistry there could be some of the offense you're losing from Max Pacioretty and from Mark Stone. And if you get that there, it's a it's a net positive for Vegas because you get a resurrected player in Patrick feeling confident in his game, and you get Peyton Krebs, a rookie, making an immediate impact on this team. Do you like line nicknames? I do. I mean, sure, but like they, they've got to be really good. It can't just be like, you know... It just can't be a throwaway. Like, wh what's your what's your nickname for that line? Because I only I imagine you're asking because you have one. Buffaloes, the Buffalo line, the Buffalo line, or the Bison, whatever you want. The, so the Bison so, line because it all goes to Manitoba. Okay. Peyton Krebs played in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Nolan Patrick is from Winnipeg, mm -hmm. and Keegan Colasar is from Winnipeg. So you've got and and the the logo of Manitoba is a bison. Oh, I didn't know that. So, Like, I hear Manitoba, yeah. I think moose. Oh, no, no. Uh, is a bison. So the, the buffalo line, that's what I'm going to call them. But then people will automatically think Buffalo, New York. and, mm -hmm. and Yeah, it, that it doesn't work on that no? level. No. no. You, think of something else, Manitoba. Don't they have a, a buffalo or bison on their flag, too? 
Why the silence? Okay. Let's just roll it back a little bit. No, you said you said it's their logo. You didn't say, or, or it was on the seal. You didn't say it was on the flag. Well, same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Well, I think you could have deduced it. <laughs> and the only reason why I'm talking right now and it's not dead air is because Wallace is on the, the floor and rolling around. And I'm forced to, to do this. The second time in my career that I've been forced to do this when I really don't want to be saying anything or participating in this conversation, but my, my co-host is on the floor. The first time it happened was my very first broadcast ever, mm. and, and, I, and I uttered uh, uh, a bad word when I was tr- trying to say the word puck, and my play-by-play counterpart uh, took off his headset and rolled around uh, on the floor, and I had to talk uh, for a while. And this is, this is now 25, 30 years later, where it's come full circle, where I have to talk, despite being in a position where I just want to be quiet and mm. and uh, wallow in my own dismayment. I, listen, uh, Bobby Ryan, like that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Chapman, you come didn't, on. You didn't say it was on the flag. I mean, <laughs> look, not every flag has a seal on it. I think most do. No, no, they don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, I think, you, like you, you could have given me some latitude on that one before jumping in. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to sell your point that I, that I like Listen, it. I agree with it. There's no bigger supporter, you should know this, on the planet than Ryan Wallace. Nobody stands <laughs> up for you more than, than the person sitting to my immediate left. Well, that's because he right knows now. I won't go see Lizzo with him if he doesn't. So, But, but here's the thing. Even he has checked out on this one on you. <laughs> Come on. And, 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 and is shaking his head in utter amazement uh, <laughs> of that exchange. What's the most, what's the most famous site in, in Manitoba? Uh, we're not going down you, that you, path. You could, you could name a Matt. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's past, okay? <laughs> the, the moment has passed. Yeah, it's gone. All right. Ran away. We'll, 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 just, uh, we'll just leave it, leave it there. Uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens, as, as we talk about the, the Golden Knights trying to get back on track, mm-hmm. uh, following up a one-on-one opening week of the National Hockey League season, and uh, they're not in the best position health-wise, and they're going to have to grind ways uh, through this. And I love the opportunity that, uh, to get back to your roots a little bit and, and establish uh, some identity with this team uh, going uh, forward for the next month. I think it's, it's really great. Uh, then you look at what the Montreal Canadiens are going through right now, and it it's not a surprise to any of us Mm-mm. that the Montreal Canadiens are off to a slow start. But I think it's getting nastier faster. Like, no Carey Price, no Shea Weber. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Edmondson uh, out uh, with a personal matter. His, his father's sick, so uh, he stepped away from the team. They're in a really tough spot uh, with personnel as well, but the nasty part and the pressure and the not finger pointing, but uh, there's some uh, eyes kind of pointing in another direction uh, right now. It's it's not good in Montreal. No, it's it's not good at all. And and you know it's not good when four games into the season after losing all four, Mark Bergevin holds a, an impromptu press conference and uh, flat out says like there aren't changes that are going to be made here. Like, I'm not going to go out and just make a change for the sake of making a change. There are players 
in the lineup that can play better. And until they do, that's when, if there's going to be a change, then, then I'm going to make it. And and I, I think it's interesting because you've got Bergevin putting the onus on the players in the room, right? It's putting the onus on those guys to, to come together, to find a way to dig deep and win some hockey games. And the pressure is intensified because of what Montreal did last year because they made it to a Stanley Cup final because they had that Cinderella run I know the expectation is that if that's what they were able to do then that's what they should be this year unrealistic as it may be that's the that's the temperature right now in Montreal and it is a a very intriguing uh, situation with a general manager who's in the last year of his contract and isn't going to talk about contract extension during the season I think it also points to who they played like a slow start is acceptable mm-hmm. if you're playing great teams. Sure. Like what what's ahead for the Vegas Colts the Knights over the next three? Mm-hmm. That's a tough schedule. Yeah. With St. Louis, Edmonton, and the New York Islanders. But for the Montreal Canadiens, they start with Toronto. That's that's a tough out. Sure. You played you played a good hockey game there. But then you lose to Buffalo. Then you give the New York Rangers their first win under new direction Mm -hmm. and you follow it up by being shut out at home to the san jose sharks yeah they were never in the game last night no allowed goals early they allowed goals often and they weren't even bad goals you can't say this is carry price is out we're going to be better Mm -hmm. no jake allen's played good it's not his fault and they can't score Mm -hmm. and they can't keep the puck out in hockey, that's a bad combination. And the general manager, <laughs> the general manager is in the last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. He's been offered a contract. Mm. Hasn't signed. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation about where he might end up, whether he lands in Los Angeles. He's good friends over there. There's, I'm not breaking news here. Sure. There, there, those ties have been drawn. I don't know how much... Mark Bergevin can do with this team or would be allowed to do with this team until he signs a new contract. So I like, and that's the interesting thing about it because if, if that's not on the table and you're looking at this team and you feel like something needs to change, then you have to make a change. And if the change is all right, Mark Bergevin, the offers on the table, if you're not signing it, we need to go in a different direction. We need to get somebody else in here that's going to make the necessary adjustments because we still think that at its core, there's a team that can do something here. It's a really strange situation with the Montreal Canadiens right now. Yeah. You've got a general manager who doesn't have a contract after this year. You have a raw head coach in Dominic Ducharme. Yeah. Uh, you don't have Carey Price. And Shea Weber, we don't know whether he's ever going to play again. And he's your captain. Yeah. For a team that went to the Stanley Cup final, there's a lot of bad vibes, mojo, around that team right now. And add to it, you've got some good pieces in Caulfield and Suzuki, and mm-hmm. uh, Duran looks like he's, he's back playing again. It's not a, a deep team. Like, not considered well, no. to be a, a playoff team to begin with. And you get off to what is, in Montreal, a disastrous start. Mm-hmm. This could explode within a week. 
That's I, I think I think there could be generous. change. Not 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 the coach. I think the coach stays. Yeah. But I think this could implode in and around. Implode, explode. Take your take your pick, but it's it's the roof's going away uh, around the Montreal Canadiens in the next week. I am right there with you. Like uh, this, unless this, they're better, they, they play Carolina, Ryan. I mean that. Yasperi Kakaniemi coming back. That's that's a monster game, right? Like that's a huge one. Then they play Detroit, and then they're on the road to Seattle, San Jose, and L.A. So that. Oof. You give yourself a week, you're out west, you lose to Seattle or San Jose, boy, oh boy. Yeah, that's not good. You, you talk about pressure. One-on-one, there's high expectations on the Vegas Golden Knights yeah. to be much better from a work ethic. But that roster that has a point down to that bench is at a good spot when they're healthy. I don't think Carey Price can even save the Montreal Canadiens this year if he comes back in. Uh, he's, he's allowed to come back uh, within 30 days mm-hmm. unless they extend yep. it if, if he's back. But it's, it's, it's nasty there. Yeah, I mean, all things being equal. And I know that there's uncertainty here with the Golden Knights with, with Stone and Patch ready out. You take this. If you're a fan, you take this over yep. what's going on in Montreal right now. It's amazing. And they got to a Stanley Cup final. I know. And four games in, we're talking about big changes and... The pressure being on with that Le Canadien, the Blue Blanc Rouge. When we continue, it is the play of the day, and it is a sizzler. Would you expect anything else? The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights return to action after five complete days without play and they will host the st louis blues here at t-mobile arena tonight on fox sports las vegas pregame show at six o'clock with ryan wallace taking you up to puck drop with dan duba and gary lawless after the st louis blues it's the edmonton oilers continuing this three-game homestand for the vgk on a friday night encounter we have tickets to give away to that one in hour number two uh, the edmonton oilers off to a nice start at three and oh and Connor mcdavid is awesome Supplying our play of the day from last night. Henrik looking secret shot denied by Mike Smith. What a read by the 39-year-old goaltender. Drive subtle, chips it in. McDavid's in. Reshot score. Save at one end. McDavid buries at the other. An impressive end-to-end rush for the Edmonton Oilers after Mike Smith came up with a huge save. Uh, the goaltender actually got hurt later on in the game, did not finish. Uh, Miko Koskinen got the win, but the Edmonton Oilers behind Connor McDavid on another three-point night, had a hat-trick earlier this year, are 3-0 and as they roll towards Vegas in a Friday night tilt. The, the best thing about Connor McDavid is he's played three games this year, and every game has been a multi-point game. It's ridiculous. It's uh, scary, and he's only adding things to his repertoire, and we're uh, looking forward to seeing him. That is the play of the day, courtesy of Connor McDavid and company. We will give you an opportunity to see Connor McDavid play the Vegas Golden Knights in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, which is coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.